Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On the air with the School Kids Questionnaire, presented by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and One-A-Day brand vitamin tablets. And here they are in New York City, the Quiz Kids and their special guest, Fred Allen. Yes, the Quiz Kids bring their portable classroom back to New York Radio City for a special broadcast with Fred Allen as our guest. The children have no advanced knowledge of the questions which are sent in by you listeners. The makers of Alka-Seltzer give you a Zenith portable radio if your question is used on the broadcast. Just address your questions to Quiz Kids Chicago. We may reword them, and we must be sole judges in case of similarity. And now coming in with a fistful of questions and a face full of grin is our chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. And good evening, everybody. Well, our modern Gullivers, the quiz kids, are still far from home and enjoying the travel. We're going to get right down to business tonight, quiz kids. It's roll call. Harvey? I'm Harvey Bennett Fishman. I'm 12 years old and in the eighth grade at the Bradwell School in Chicago. Joel? I am Joel Copperman. I am six years old in 2A at Fulton School. Smila? I'm Smila Brin. I'm 15 years old. And I'm a sophomore in Hunter College High School. You know, Hello, folks, Mila was on our Quiz Kids board once in Chicago and walked right out with the highest score. So we're very happy to see her again in New York. Richard? I'm Richard Williams. I'm 13 years old and in the 8th grade at Roosevelt School, East Chicago, Indiana. Gerard? I'm Gerard Darrow. I'm 10 years old and I'm in 6th day at Bradwell School in Chicago. And Frederick? I'm Fred Allen. In... <laughs> In two more years, I'll be getting Social Security. <laughs> I couldn't make the grade at Boston subnormal. Say, Joe, before we start, tell me, what am I supposed to do? Am I here to frighten the children if they miss a question? Yes. Or did you invite me over to expose the quiz kids to ignorance for 30 minutes? What am I here for? No, Fred, you're here tonight as our official judge. Really? You just decide whether the answers are right or wrong. Mm -hmm. You settle any disputes, calculate the points. Now, I, I, you... I, I, wait a minute, Joe, with that, with that calculating point. I've been operating a ration book all week. I'm point happy. <laughs> you know, I used up my whole 48 points the first day. I got two cans of porcupine meat. And you know how many points you need for porcupine. <laughs> Put me out of business. Well, Fred, if you've used up all your points, how have you been eating? Well, fortunately, uh, my grocer is nearsighted, Joe. I've been getting a little food with postage stamps. Oh. He can't see what I've got. Oh, <laughs> but if you don't mind, I won't use points to total the score. Well, all right. Do the best you can, Fred. When the bell rings, you 
figure out your results for the, for the report card. Well, it looks to me as though the judge is on trial here, Joseph. Oh, it's nothing, Fred. You'll enjoy it. Uh, well, I'm enjoying it up to now, Joe, but something tells me before this half hour is over, I am going to have an awful headache. Well, you're on the right program then, Fred. How about that, Howard? Uh-uh, I walked right into a commercial. Something tells me I... Yes, indeed. When anyone mentions headache, I always come right back and say, well, remember Alka-Seltzer. I'll have some ready for you too, Fred. But uh, seriously, folks, when you or any member of your family is bothered by a headache, please remember Alka-Seltzer can bring you soothing, comforting relief. Just try Alka-Seltzer and see how soon you'll feel better. Now, Chief Quizzer, shall we get on to the questions? Why, certainly. That is, if His Honor Judge Allen is ready. Yes, I'm ready, uh, Mr. Kelly. If you'll get the quiz kids started, I'll pull up an acoustic and learn something. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go, kids. Here are some names that have been in the news from time to time from Helen P. Murphy of New York. However, I'll give you only the first name of each. You supply the last name and identify the person. The first name is Ovita. Harvey. Well, that's Avita Kalpabi, and she's the uh, colonel and the uh, commander of the WAC. That's very good. Good for you, my boy. Thank you. I heard, uh, I heard they have a new woman's organization now, Joe. It's for women who take the place of men in lighthouses. They're called wicks. Well, that's, that's very, very good. Timely, yes. I uh, I mean, Judge, pardon me. But you must hold up your hand if you want to talk. Oh, and watch the children there. They'll oh, I'll learn something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now. Raise the question a little bit now. The next first name is Risto. Richard. Well, that's uh, Risto. I guess it's Freedy. He's the president of Finland. That's right. Good for you, Richard. <laughs> All right, the next one is Jorgen. Richard? That's uh, Von Arnhem. He's the, uh, I don't know exactly what he is, but he's a German general or field marshal in command of the uh, northern Tunisian Axis Army. That's very good. Good for you, Richard. <laughs> All right, next question. Joseph H. Babrika of Berwyn, Illinois, gets a Zenith portable radio for this question. Can you think of three prominent persons, past or present, who have two first names and no last names? In other words, three men whose last names could be used as first names. For example, Henry James. You get the idea? All right, now let's have uh, three men. All right, Harvey? Well, there's uh, uh, Frankie Albert, uh, football player. Uh-huh, all and, right, that's uh, one. And uh, I think uh, Eddie Allen... Uh, Test pilot who was killed recently. Uh huh, that's two. And, um, uh, Jesse James. Jesse James, three. Well, we're going along fine. Let's see if we can get some more. Uh, Smila? Red Allen. Oh, Red Allen. <laughs> All right, fine. Joel? Uh, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> can we have any more? Harvey? Frank Buck. Frank Buck. All right. Yes, sir. And uh, Gerard? Well, there's good... Our good old friend, Jack Benny. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be uh, 
might be interesting to know why uh, neither uh, Jack Benny or I have uh, last names, uh, Joe. Well, we would like to know. Well, it's, uh, it's never been divulged until tonight. You see, years ago, uh, when Jack was born, the family wouldn't let him use the last name because they knew he'd grow up to play the violin and disgrace them. So they stopped him at the beginning. They just gave him the two names to go through life with. <laughs> and the reason I haven't uh, any last name is because when I was being christened, there was a fire... Uh, just when they started to christen me, there was a fire, and they used the water to put out the fire and didn't have enough water left to finish christening me, so that's why I have to wander to life. Well, that's very, very enlightening, Judge Allen. All right, more questions. Now, Mr. B. Simpson of New Orleans, Louisiana, wants to know when and where the most violent earthquake ever recorded in North America took place. Gerard? I believe in San Francisco. Oh, the most violent earthquake. <laughs> the most violent. Well, perhaps I'd better tell you. No hands up. I, uh, wasn't that earthquake, earthquake up in New England some years ago, was it? No, That no. shook the potatoes out of the ground for four miles up there? No, The next no. day the sun came out and baked them? No. <laughs> wasn't that? Oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute, Judge. Now, you're getting off the uh, track here. Uh, uh, Joel? Uh, what I don't understand is what violent means. <laughs> Judge, would you like to explain to Joel what violent means? Uh, yes, well, violent is something they're using in a new machine. Violent ray. You pass <laughs> Well, Joel, violent means uh, terrific. Oh. <laughs> Every morning. Harvey? Well, uh, you mean in the modern times? Because I imagine that there were several uh, tremendous earthquakes near Niagara Falls in the prehistoric days. Well, I'll tell you, Harvey. Esmila... Well, there was one in Mexico very recently. The yeah, that's true. But I, I was thinking of the one that happened around New Madrid, Missouri, back in 1811. It was the most violent in the history of America. Well, we can't get them all. That's perfectly all right. Now, uh, James A. Howe of Des Moines, Iowa, thinks all school children should be familiar with our own great American poet. I'll give you the first line of a poem. You supply the second. All right, now the first one is, Tell me not in mournful numbers. Harvey? Uh, life is but an empty dream. That's right in the name of the poem? Oh, um... <laughs> I know the, uh, the lines. Oh, um, A Psalm of Life by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. That's right, Harvey. Hello, boy. All right. Now, here's the next one. It is very nice to think. Joel? The world is full of mean and green, of little children, sand, grace, and every kind of Christian place. And that's a thought by Robert Wall Stevenson. That's just what it is. Now, the uh, next first line is from a poem written by a contemporary American poet. Listen carefully. My little niece is saving Greece. Da -da 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 -da. Harvey? Well, uh, I think that's uh, Paul Staff, is it? On, uh, on uh, Mr. Allen's Yes, yeah, that's right. Paul Staff, open show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> My little niece is... 
the, the poem goes, my little niece is saving Greece to help to beat the Japs. To help to beat uh, the Nazis, she's collecting bacon scraps. And then there are a couple more verses. And the last verse is, when the Axis uh, time at last has come and the world's restored to peace, the day that Hitler's goose is cooked, my little niece will save the Greeks. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Now, friends, a lot of you will be interested to know that Fred Allen himself writes the poems given each week by Falstaff on his own program. And now, before I read this next question, Howard Petrie is going to bring all you mothers a very important message. Well, it's especially important, Joe, in view of the new meat rationing that begins tomorrow. You mothers have a serious responsibility to see that your family gets the proper food. Foods that help maintain energy, healthy nerves, and normal digestion. Now, the food you can get these days may possibly be short on certain vitamins of the B complex. For instance, you'll probably be serving less meat, an important source of some of the B complex vitamins. So, why don't you do this? Bolster up the meals you serve your family by giving each child and each grown-up just a single one-a-day brand vitamin B complex tablet each day. You see... Each one-a-day brand vitamin D complex tablet is so vitamin-rich, it gives the full minimum daily requirements of vitamins B1 and B2, plus generous amounts of other B complex factors. And the big thing to remember is that a single tablet every day is all you take. That naturally keeps the cost way down. It makes them much less expensive to use than the kind you have to take two or three times a day. So, to save money and bolster up your ration foods, Tell your druggist you want one-a-day brand vitamin D complex tablets made by Miles Laboratories. Look for the big one on the package. Thank you, Howard. And now, Judge Allen, get your pencil poised. Here comes the next question session. Yes, sir. And by the way, Judge, uh, you should feel completely at ease with this question from Helen M. Scott of Boston. It's about comedy. And the idea is to see whether you can get the point of these classic old jokes. All right, now, here is the first one. Pourquoi la poule traverse-t-elle la rue pour arriver de l'autre côté? Mila? Why does a chicken cross the road uh, to get to the other side? That's right. That's very good. Well, chicken, uh, I think it's a waste of time. With the meat shortage, a chicken wouldn't be safe any place today. It would be silly. I think that that's right, joke has seen its best. Uh... Yes, that's true. Quite true. What has eight legs and sings? I don't understand the question, but I know the answer. With a script in front of All right, of you. Judge, what is the answer? Well, it's an old joke. What has uh, uh, eight legs and sings? It's two quartets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you'll find it's only one quartet. Oh, I was thinking of what has eight legs and sings. Two jukeboxes have eight legs. (laughs) I didn't know the question, so it's just... Well, that's all right, and uh, Smila was uh, getting very, very warm on that. All right, now, you know, we've had so much fun with these jokes in French that now we'll play a joke on you and switch languages. Here's the next. Was macht man, wenn man nicht will, dass ein Hund am Sonntagmorgen bellt? Man schießt ihn am Sonnabendabend tot. Smila? What do you do when you don't want your dog to bark on Sunday morning? You shoot it Sunday, Saturday evening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Unless it's a hot dog, of course. Yeah, <laughs> right, now, this next question 
is from Joel Copperman, Judge Allen. Oh, uh, he wanted me to find out whether you were any better than Jack Benny is at numbers. Uh-huh. Well, I think I am, uh, Joel. I think everybody's better than Mr. Benny at numbers, don't you? Uh, well, I don't... You don't know everybody, huh? Uh, I don't think so. A baby wouldn't. A baby wouldn't know more than Mr. I think you, you're you overrating, Mr. Be uh, Benny. I think a baby would know more than... Well, you know, uh, Judge, when Benny was our guest, uh, we uh, asked the math problem, and Jack couldn't understand Joel's explanation of it. Uh -huh. So, you see, Joel wanted me to try the same problem on you. Well, I hate to disappoint you, Joel, but the truth is I, I heard that uh, problem on your program. Wasn't that the one where you asked how, many, how much farther... A man's head would travel than his feet if he walked around the earth at the equator. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, the man you remember was five and a half feet tall. Well, I'm glad this subject came up, Joel, because there was one point in your explanation I wasn't quite uh, sure of. You see, when you've uh, got to find the circumference of the circle made by the man's head and subtract the circumference of the circle made by his feet, you weren't even given the circumference of the earth. So how could you possibly get an answer? I won't. You see, mine was a short cap. No matter how big or small the, the circle is, uh, it would always be five and a half feet tall. So if you whirl him around, uh, the radius would be five and a half feet. Well, what is the circumference of the Earth? You'd have to know that, wouldn't you? Um, um, I'm sorry, but the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, all you have to know is that the man was five and a half feet tall, huh? Uh, um, well, how much farther did his head uh, walk? If he traveled around the world, remember that, or it wouldn't be a problem. Oh, if the man, the man was only five <laughs> feet and a half tall and stood still, you have five to... Five and a half. Five and a half feet. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be a problem, but he, when he walks around the world, that makes a problem, doesn't it? Well, how much farther did his head walk than his feet? <laughs> his head was five and a half feet away from his uh, foot circumference. How how, uh, how far much farther did his head go? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I told you the radius was five and a half. The diameter would be 11, and... The circumference would be 34 and 4 seventh feet. But what's the answer? Uh, 34? Yeah, 34 and 4 seventh 34 feet. 34 and 4 seventh. Well, he's correct, Mr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. I'm very happy. And I, uh, uh, I know that's the right answer, Joe, because years ago, Joel, the same problem came up in school when I was a little boy. Oh. Yeah, yes, it did. It's in the... You weren't there, but there was another little boy there who wasn't satisfied with the answer. And when he grew to be five and a half feet tall, he started to walk around the world himself to prove it. And I forgot all about this fellow, uh, never having seen him again. And 40 years later, I was sitting in a Greyhound bus in Toledo, and an old man with a long white beard and his feet all out of his shoes came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said... It's uh, 34 and 4 7. So I know. <laughs> Did you want to say something, Mila? Well, is that fair? Mr. Benny's in the hospital now. No, he was. 
He was throwing out for thrown out for not paying the doctor. You'll be glad to know he's out now. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's coming along fine now. Everybody's oh, he is. he's in Phoenix. Yes, yeah, right. that's right. He's recuperating very nicely out there, so I'm told. All right, next that's question. Chamber of Commerce propaganda. <laughs> All right, They scratched his leg so he could walk out of Chicago. <laughs> All right, uh, Miss uh, Lorraine Sims of Atlantic Beach, Florida, outdoes the Reader's Digest in the art of condensing stories. She reviews a whole book or play in one sentence. What books or plays does she refer to? Now, the first one, a woman has four daughters, one dies, and three get married. Now, that's the whole story. What book is it? Mila? Little Women. By whom? Um, Louisa May Alcott. That's right. Very good. Now, here's the second review. A doctor decides to doctor another doctor, but takes the whole play to make up his mind. What play? A doctor decides to doctor another doctor, but takes the whole play to make up his mind. Well, no fair whispering, Judge. Well, I, I just, I just call him on that, Joe. We don't, don't allow that on the Quiz Kids program. Uh, Gerard? Could that be Doctor's dilemma? That's just what it is. Good for you. Now, uh, Miss Sims outdid herself on this last one. She reviewed five books in one sentence. Here it is. Bumpo bumps off Indians rescuing pretty maiden. What five books? Bumpo bumps off Indians rescuing pretty maiden. Not Big Tracy. <laughs> no. No, Judge. Gerard? Could that be one of the books by L. Frank Baum? No, I'm sorry. No. It's the, uh... Do you give up? All right, the Leather Stocking Tales by James Fenimore Cooper. The Deerslayer, The Last of the Mohicans, The Pathfinder, The Pioneers, and The Prairie. Well, now, uh, Howard, let's give Judge Allen a few seconds to catch up on his points. I mean, numbers. Uh, will you take over, please? Fine. You know, folks, so much has been said about the children's health and the A&D vitamins, or as you probably know them better, the cod liver oil vitamins, that sometimes we grown-ups forget that these vitamins are absolutely necessary for our well-being, too. Especially now when colds are so frequent. Naturally, I don't expect you, Mother, to make the rounds of the breakfast table with a sticky spoon every morning and force Dad, high school's Johnny, Sister Susie, and the baby to open wide for a teaspoon and a half of cod liver oil. But here is the easy way. Just put a single little one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablet beside each plate at the breakfast table. A tablet a day is enough. That'll give everybody even more than the normal daily supply of A and D vitamins without any fishy, oily taste or any aftertaste. One-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets give you the A and D vitamins the pleasant, modern way. And they're so economical. Buy the large family-sized package from your druggist, and they'll cost hardly more than a penny a day. Remember, one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets made by Miles Laboratories. Well, we're in the finals now, quiz kids. Your next question. This question on classical music comes from Mrs. Clara M. Graham of Brooklyn, New York. See whether you can give the operas or operettas 
from which these numbers are taken. Unfortunately, our singer didn't show up this evening, so I'll have to call on our guest judge, Fred Allen, to do the vocal. Well, oh, no. Hold on, oh, oh, right oh, now, Fred. Oh, Come no. on now. Just do the best that you can. Now, now here's the first one. Now, listen, well, children. I hate to start singing, Joe, because people will know that the best tunes of all don't come from here. If I start singing. <laughs> well, the first one... The first, uh, the first one seems to be an opera here, Joe. It goes... Oh, Harvey was right. Well, this other one here, I don't know whether you're familiar with uh, this song, uh, where it comes from, its origin. I'm called Little Buttercup, dear Little Buttercup, though I could never tell why, but still I'm called Buttercup. Oh, Little Buttercup, sweet Little Buttercup, I... You sound much better than the Lord. Better than FPA. I'm better than FPA. (laughs) All right, uh, Gerard... That's from Gilbert and Sullivan's famous opera, uh, HMS Pinafore. That's right, Gerard. Yvette. Now, this... A ribbon seller on the boat, and she married the captain. That's right, yeah. Very, very good. Now, this last one, we've left entirely to Judge Allen. I heard that that's been all changed. The woman is only called Cup now. They've taken the butter out of the name when it plays here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't know... (laughs) By the way, Judge, would you like to sing your own favorite song? Well, my favorite is an old gay 90s song, Joe, and it's really a duet. It's called By the Light of the Silvery Moon. I'll sing it, I mean, if you insist, if one of the uh, children... Do any of the children know By the Light of the Silvery Moon? Uh, Would you like to sing Make It a Quartet? Uh, Richard and Harvey and Gerard, you know the the words of the chorus? You know the key? Uh, You take it in my key? uh, (laughs) By the light... Ready? By the light of the silvery moon, I want to spoon to my honey I'll croon. Love's still honey moon, keep a shining in June. Your silvery beams will bring love's dreams. We'll be cuddling through by the silvery says it's all over, Quiz Kids. Take it easy while his honor, Judge Allen, goes into a tussle with the scores to see which Quiz Kids come back next week. Have you arrived at a verdict, Judge Allen? Uh, no. Uh, frankly, no, Mr. Kelly. I'm just about to compute the winner the hard way, algebraically, if you'll bear with me. Let me see now. That X equals Joel multiplied by Smela, which comes out six times Gerard over Harvey. Subtracting the square root of Richard. The winner? The winner? The little boy, Sam, who isn't even with the quiz kid. <laughs> hey, I, I'm afraid I'll have to work this out again, Joe. I missed up here some five and a half feet or something. I'm out here. Oh, oh Fred, Fred, I, I, I just have to remember. What, Joseph? Fred, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but we didn't need a scorekeeper tonight. We didn't need a judge. This is a 12-time town show. Mm-hmm. Now, next week, we'll be back home in Chicago, and naturally, scores are no scores 
we go back to the winning quiz, kids, from three weeks ago. You mean that I did all that computing for nothing, Joe? Well, when the time I wasted, I could have figured out something to replace the Rummel plan here. With all this. <laughs> I've been I've been slipping little Joe Kupperman bubble gum all week to teach me calculus, just to be ready to compute this thing. And well, I'm, I'm yeah. terribly sorry well, that I'm, you went to all that trouble. Well, you friend. should be sorry, well, Joe. I oh, am. Well, I know. I said but I was. Well, Joe. Oh, but I was only kidding, Joe. I always get a kick out of working with the quiz kids. They're really amazing youngsters. And this might be a good time to answer a question I've been asked many times, Joe. Do the quiz kids know what questions will be asked on the broadcast? And the answer is no. The kids never hear or see the questions you folks send in until they're confronted with them on the program. Now, I've been with the quiz kids a lot, and believe me, they answer many more difficult questions away from the microphone. They're swell kids, just as natural and as unspoiled as any children you may know in your own neighborhood. And their parents and teachers can really be proud of their work. Joe. Well, thank you. That's the way we feel about the kids, too, Fred. You were swell tonight, and thanks a lot for being on our show. And by the way, Fred, we'll all be listening to your own show later on tonight. Thank now, you. next week, our Quiz Kids class will be back home, and at their desk will be our three weeks ago winners, Richard, Joel, and Ruth, Plus, a newcomer, Paul Huber, 13 years of old age, from Hammond, Indiana, and Gerard Darrow, 10, of Chicago. And our quiz kids, the makers of Alka-Seltzer, give each of you a $100 denomination war bond for your work. Tonight. What about me, Joe? What do I get out of this? You know, I promised you, know, promise you at the beginning of the program that I'd have an awful headache, and believe me, I've made good. I have the worst headache I've ever had in my life, Joe. Frank. Well, we'll make good, too, Fred. You asked for it, and here it is. A glass of good old Alka-Seltzer. Listen to it fizz. It really does the biz. <laughs> we wish to thank the sponsor well, for the technical staff for the privilege of having Fred Allen on our quiz kids program.